I want to take the most aggressive action ever, ever, ever to confront the climate crisis and increase our energy security, ever in the whole world. And that's not hyperbole, that's a fact. We're going to build a future, the future, here in the United States of America, with American workers, with American companies, with American-made products. Since President Biden took office, three landmark bills aimed at strengthening the U.S. economy passed through a divided Congress and were signed into law. The Bipartisan Infrastructure Bill, the Chips and Science Act, and most recently, the Inflation Reduction Act. Those three pieces of legislation taken together, the trifecta, if you will, are expected to accelerate U.S. climate action, bringing the country closer to meeting President Biden's decarbonization goals, while at the same time boosting American manufacturing and job growth to new heights. As we'll hear from industry leaders on this episode, the driving force behind this virtually unlimited new economic opportunity is clean energy. Hello, I'm Julia Piper, host of the Political Climate Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of News Flash. It's a special monthly series we do here on Political Climate, where we shed light on stories you may have missed or needed a double click. Political Climate is produced with support of the USC Schwarzenegger Institute. It can be found on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music, and beyond. We're also produced in partnership with Canary Media. For this episode, we thought we'd bring you an insider look at events last week in Washington, D.C., where the White House hosted a big celebration on the passing of the Inflation Reduction Act. Hundreds of climate industry professionals, community leaders and organizers and political staff who worked tirelessly on getting this bill through the finish line were there to celebrate. President Biden gave a speech in the Rose Garden in front of all the guests, part of which you just heard in the opening segment of the show just now. Julia, what did it feel like to be there? You could see and feel the joy in all of the pictures that were all over Twitter and Instagram last week. Yeah, I think it was a culminating moment. I think there's people, you know, at the end of the day who work on these big bills that garner headlines, but they're people and they have visions and they have communities they represent. So I think it was a moment of reflection and again, celebration to acknowledge the progress that had been made. This is a historic bill. The Inflation Reduction Act offers 10 years of policy certainty for the clean energy transition. Broadly, it expands U.S. manufacturing and expands clean energy to lower income communities who have not come along on the energy transition as much so far. So it's historic in many respects. And so this was a day to honor and celebrate that and also start to look to the future just a little bit because there's a lot more still to do. Absolutely. And I do think it's important to take the wins and take those moments of celebration, especially for people who've worked so hard to make it happen. You also took part in a roundtable conversation with industry leaders and recorded it. Thank you so much for doing that so that we could play it back here. So you'll be hearing some parts of that conversation to better understand how industry leaders in particular reacted to the passing of the bill and importantly, what's on their minds now that it is law. And to that end, let me just say a thank you to Climate Power, to Clean Energy for America, and other groups that hosted that event. It was a fantastic opportunity to, as you know, to dig into the bill from the perspective of the companies and the leaders and the organizations that are actually going to be implementing it and making these words law and having impact in people's lives. That's where we're at now. Nothing's a foregone conclusion. The bill sets historic funding levels and guidelines, but now we actually have to get to work in making it a reality. Here's how Tom Steyer, investor, former presidential candidate, and clean energy activist and climate activist framed up this opportunity. So in terms of what this means from an investment standpoint, uh, let me just use some words that I heard John Podesta use 
uh, transformative, revolutionary, unprecedented. I think when you look at this from a, just to give you some numbers, the estimate by Princeton was that the IRA would drive the investment in the United States in clean tech from a trillion dollars in the next 13 years to three and a half trillion. This bill, in effect, passes the baton from the government to the private sector. When you think about how we're going to execute this change, it's always going to be a partnership between public and private, always. But this is saying to the private sector, you have every ability and every support that you need to go out and create these businesses and make these changes. And I think that it's now up to the private sector, in fact, to accept that. So that, I think, was a great setting of the scene to frame just how important this investment is going to be. It's also the largest investment the federal government has ever made in climate and clean energy. The last major federal effort to jumpstart a domestic clean energy industry was the Obama-era recovery package of 2009. And this bill is orders of magnitude larger. But the clean energy and manufacturing grants of that time were limited. Now, with the Inflation Reduction Act, the core clean manufacturing program is designed to last a decade, and it gives the private sector the ability to plan long-term, which is so important when we're trying to build whole new supply chains and sectors right here at home in this country. A decade ago, Californians started a climate action movement and launched MCE, the state's first community choice energy provider. Community choice providers empower local communities to make their own decisions about the source of their electricity. Today, MCE offers nearly 40 Bay Area communities almost twice as much renewable energy as the state average. The power of MCE is about more than clean energy. It's the power of people over profit. Learn more at mcecleanenergy.org. So let's get into some of those specific sectors. A big focus of the law is incentivizing domestic manufacturing and creating American jobs with certain standards like prevailing wages and equitable geographic distribution, which is a big, big goal. Here's what clean energy industry leaders had to say about what this means for their business and ultimately the country. I'm Scott Moskowitz. I'm the head of market intelligence and public affairs for QCells. I've been tracking this industry for a long time. It's really unbelievable to say what this will do to the market on a, just an investment and long-term outlook perspective. You know, as Tom said earlier, investment in clean energy is about to skyrocket. So my company, QCells, we are a leading globally diversified clean energy company. We're the largest solar manufacturer in the United States. And we are already expanding our factories, thanks to this legislation, to supply more solar panels to homes, businesses, schools, communities, and utilities across the country. And simply put, the Inflation Reduction Act contains some of the most ambitious clean energy manufacturing policy enacted anywhere in the world. You know, in particular, the Solar Energy Manufacturing for America Act, which was introduced and championed by Senator John Ossoff and was included in this bill, is really just going to supercharge clean energy manufacturing broadly across the United States. Um, And it's something that we haven't seen from the federal government in a very, very long time. So what that means is that the Inflation Reduction Act is not just going to help to decarbonize the grid. It's going to ensure that we are not dependent on imports to do it. And in the process, it's going to create thousands of good-paying, high-quality, high-tech manufacturing jobs across the United States. I'm George Hirschman. I'm the CEO of Solve Energy. We're the largest solar contractor in the country, specializing in utility-scale solar. From our vantage point, the bill really supports the U.S. labor side and 
creates an industry that's going to support a massive growth in labor opportunities. And for projects like ours that will employ 500 to 1,000 people are based mainly in rural areas. So the job creation and opportunity that this bill has just across the country is amazing, right? And something that having been in this industry since 2007 and watching it really go kind of in stops and starts, right? We've ramped up, down, up and down. And now to build a company in an industry with decades of projection out ahead of us, this is really transformational. It's going to change the industry and really job creation uh, across the country. And here's Lindsey Gorrell from Core Power. The IRA has some major incentives that will bring U.S. into the 21st century, possibly into the 22nd century as a leader in clean energy. One, the supply chain. 10% cost of production benefit for specific inputs from mineral to chemical production, coupled with the focus of the DOE to invest capital in this area, will lead to the development of a real domestic supply chain. I believe that. Second, manufacturing. A benefit of a $35 kilowatt hour for cells and $10 kilowatt hour for modules provides a cost benefit that will allow the U.S. to compete on the world stage, for sure. And we're in the business. We know exactly what that means. Third, integration growth. The 30% ITC for standalone storage will propel the use of much-needed storage in all aspects of green energy. And the stabilization of the grid, which a lot of people have talked about, is very, very critical. And get rid of the oil, right? Big time. I believe the IRA is a critical piece of legislation for the U.S. to develop its own supply chain and is an incredible lift to companies like CORE or any in the green energy and transportation industries. The products CORE will manufacture will power e-mobility, energy storage solutions, but just as important, we're making Buckeye, Arizona hub for clean energy manufacturing, driving community investment, and economic opportunity. For us, the IRA is essential to help establish that much-needed push in the electrification of our world. As we covered on a past episode called A New Era for U.S. Energy Innovation here on the Political Climate Podcast, we talked about how the Inflation Reduction Act is about industrial policy as much as it is about climate policy. We also talked about how it's a jobs policy, something echoed by Tim Lattimore from the geothermal company Fervo. Because of the Inflation Reduction Act, the opportunities ahead that he sees and expects to see more of are workers coming from the fossil fuel industry into the clean energy sector, seeing massive opportunities for growth there. You know, one of the favorite things about my job is visiting our work sites. Just a couple of weeks ago, I was out there. I met with a worker who worked for one of our suppliers and I asked him, you know, what he was doing, what he was doing out there. And he told me he requested a transfer across the country to work on our project. And, you know, I asked him why. And he said, well, if this works, this is going to change the world. And I want to be a part of that. And we see that over and over again. And at this moment, when we have things like the Earthshot Initiative coming out of the Department of Energy, the IRA coming at just the right time, I want to tell stories like that hundreds of thousands of more times. And there's huge demand, and we have a lot to gain by using the skills of the very talented oil and gas workers that have driven innovation and energy for our uh, economy for a century and can now do the same for geothermal. There's also a massive job growth opportunity in the building sector stemming from the Inflation Reduction Act. On our latest Newsflash episode, we talked through all of the rebates and tax incentives available under this law for home electrification, which means switching the way we power things in our homes like heating, hot water, and stoves from fossil fuels to electricity. And while doing that is really important in terms of reducing emissions that drive climate change, a huge and much more direct benefit is in improved health outcomes because air pollution 
from burning fossil fuels is a big public health issue, one that is not evenly distributed. Here is what Donnell Baird from Block Power had to say about the bill's impact on this issue. What we think the IRA means to us is if you're a building owner and you're burning fossil fuels in your building, which most of us do, it's incredibly expensive to try and figure out how to fix it. It's, impre- it's incredibly complicated to figure out which size, equipment, brand of, of heat pump or solar panels. Where do you go to get help? Who's the right contractor? What kind of certifications do they need to have? Plus, it's super expensive. And so the IRA provides rebates, it provides workforce development, it provides investments in air quality sensors that will allow all of us to figure out as private sector actors how we can start to serve um, low-income communities in a way that allows them to leapfrog the kind of fossil fuel combustion era that we're all trapped in now, as well as a cycle of um, you know, wealth inequality. And how do we use clean energy as a platform not only to save the planet, uh, but to create jobs and economic opportunity for everybody. So we're really excited about this bill. Equitably expanding access to clean energy is a major focus of the Inflation Reduction Act. As just one example, the bill includes a 10% tax credit adder for commercially owned projects that are deployed in energy communities. These are communities where there were former sites of fossil fuel plants or mining activity. This bill is going to help direct investments there. There's also a 10 to 20% tax credit adder for clean energy projects that serve low-income households. So here's Yesenia Rivera, Executive Director at Solstice Initiative, talking about the opportunity that she sees. So what this bill does is it's telling folks that developing projects in frontline communities in a way and in scale that's accessible and equitable to everyone is going to save developers more money. Of course, we need more than 10% here or there in order to build that equitable grid. The investment in community solar has to increase and we hope that the success of these incentives will show the benefits of building equitably and locally and that frontline communities will finally be able to access clean and affordable energy. And here's Mary Powell, CEO of the residential solar company Sunrun. She added this. What I love about this in particular is it really is helping us expand in the multifamily and lower income zones. So one of the misconceptions about actually what we provide Americans is who we're providing it to. So on average, the household income of folks that are already adopting this new and improved way of powering their lives is in the 50 to 100K category. So that's total household income. With this Inflation Reduction Act, we're now going to be able to go faster, better, stronger in the multifamily area and in those zip codes where, frankly, the socioeconomic benefits of transformation are huge. Political Climate is brought to you by MCE. MCE was California's first community choice energy provider. For more than 10 years, MCE has helped communities across the Bay Area source significantly more renewable energy than the state average. Nearly 40 communities are now a part of MCE, and together they're leading on climate action for a brighter future. But the power of MCE is about more than clean energy. It's the power of people over profit. It's community power. MCE's efforts on climate justice have helped vulnerable communities gain access to electric vehicles, energy storage, and energy savings. By building and buying more renewable energy, MCE puts the power back in your hands. We all deserve a fossil-free future that combats climate change and prioritizes energy equity. Learn more and take action at mcecleanenergy.org.
So we talked earlier about building electrification, but transportation electrification is another bright spot in the Inflation Reduction Act. The bill aims to speed up the deployment of electric vehicles through consumer tax credit for EVs and tax credits, grants, and loans for commercial electric vehicles. There are extended and expanded incentives for residential and commercial EV charging, up to $100,000 per property in the commercial EV charger case. The bill will help President Biden realize his campaign goal of installing 500,000 chargers across America and building a network of fast charging stations across 53,000 miles of freeways from coast to coast. Again, a very ambitious goal. Kathy Zoy from EVgo had this to say about that. And what the IRA will do is it will allow EVgo to invest in the charging infrastructure that enables electric for all, that enables people in rural areas to drive EVs and know comfortably that they're going to be able to charge. People that are going to visit their in-laws on corridors and interstate highways that Eisenhower built, you know, in, in the 50s, those are all going to have electric chargers now. And we're really, really excited. And that wouldn't be able to be done in this time period, not even close without the IRA. So all taken together and in the sectors that we have talked about, the Inflation Reduction Act is suspected to reduce greenhouse gas emissions by 40% below 2005 levels by 2030. The largest cuts will come from electricity generation and transportation, which are currently the two largest sources of carbon pollution in the U.S. This is a big deal, both for tackling the climate crisis, as we mentioned before, and as we mentioned before, for improving public health and equity that will result from the lower pollution in our communities. But in many ways, the passing of this bill is just the starting line. And now the real work begins, like you were saying before, Julia. That's right. We've been talking about Build Back Better, the initial legislative proposal from which the Inflation Reduction Act took shape and ultimately passed and became law. But now we got to get to building. And so it feels like a huge achievement that we've got to this point. We have to thank all the staffers on Capitol Hill, all the nonprofits, all the companies and beyond, everyone, the civil society groups, individual voters, everyone who took part in making this bill a possibility and now reality. But as we celebrate, we have to remember it's not over yet. There's a lot more that the public and private sectors will have to do to put this historic new policy into action. And a lot of the details still have to be worked out. And we can't take that for granted. That's how we're going to make sure that this law actually works for people. So to that end, here's what Suzanne Lita with Some Power had to say about that. There is so much more work to do. <laughs> I think that, unfortunately, there is a lot of people that think, we're done. We are not done. Not even close to being done. First, we have to take the steps to work in close partnership with John Podesta, Ali Zaidi, and Secretary Granholm, and work across all of the agencies to get the rules right. There are 800 pages <laughs> of rule-related legislation, and they actually have to work on how do they implement this thing and do it really quickly. My biggest concern is that we won't move fast enough to get the rules done at the agency level to get the money in consumers' pocketbooks. Now, that is not the case for the tax credits per se, because consumers can take advantage of that right now. But for some of the other incentives, especially those serving low-income and disadvantaged communities, they got to get those rules done and they got to get it done quickly. So from my perspective, this is all about putting this money to work in a really, really fast way. And Leah Hack of Breakthrough Energy ended the panel discussion with these thoughts. Now that all these laws have passed, including the IRA, 
we've got to move this money as quickly and effectively as possible to maximize emission reductions. The work is not done. When it passed, I was like, oh, great. And I was like, oh, we got a lot of work to do. <laughs> uh, like, can't miss the beat. So the, these businesses need to access these tax credits seamlessly. The faster we bring these technologies to market, the faster we're reducing emissions and deploying more projects, bringing costs down. Um, to break through energy and all of our partners and a lot of folks at this table will be here to support that successful implementation of all of these laws. And that's the next phase that we're kicking off today. And with that forward looking note, that's where we'll leave it on this episode. Thanks everyone so much for listening. If you haven't already, you can catch up on our episodes with my co-hosts Shane Skelton and Brandon Hurlbutt on the Political Climate Podcast feed. Again, we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music and beyond. Go there, hit follow or subscribe. It's great to have you listen along. Please also take a couple of seconds to leave a review if you haven't yet. It really helps us. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks so much for doing that. Thanks also to our editor, Kyle McDonald, and of course, to Maria Virginia Alano, our producer. For now, until next time.